Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello, Peter. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How, how are you? Oh, thanks for asking. I'm doing yeah, great. Anyway, I nearly did. No, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Where are we walking today, Peter? Uh, maybe we're walking to uh, through like a hospital waiting room because oh. uh, those the staff there might be a bit more caring than I am towards you. <laughs> right? You reckon they they'll be socially uh, they'll be socially polite? Yeah, probably. You know, I don't think they will. Don't you? Like they're no, under a lot of stress at the moment, I suppose. Absolutely. I think they they have every every right to be quite rude to me because yeah. I've got nothing wrong with me. I'm healthy as a what's what's a healthy thing that I as a uh, as a um, as an apple a day. I'm as healthy as an apple a day, and if they see me in there, they'll be like, "What are you doing in here? Get out! Why are you stop wasting... wasting our stop wasting our time, idiot, yeah. stupid apple boy?" That's what they'll say. That's the sign of a good bedside manner, is to be like, what the hell are you doing in here? Get out. Apple boy, get apple out. Apple boy. Stupid idiot. Just little... They get one look at my phone and they say, stupid apple boy. Stupid apple boy, you little you little pip carrier, you. Stupid seed seed idiot. Yeah. Look at you, with your stalk. And with your, your crunchy skin. And your, and your leaves. you got yeah. a couple of leaves on there, like a cartoon apple, have you? Just, apple just boy. Just one leaf, apple boy. By yeah. this point, I'm crying, obviously. And then, yeah. and then there is something wrong with me, and uh, but they still don't like me being there because I'm spreading, you know, tear fluid, apple juice all over apple the juice. floor. Apple juice, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you, so you go home without any medical assistance, and then you die because, mm. as well as having a little cartoon leaf on there, there was actually a little cartoon worm inside the apple all oh, all no. time, and they oh, didn't take no. it out. They didn't, and the worm ate the whole boy. Yeah. The end. That's the a Grimm's end. fairy tale. It is, yeah. The, the moral for... of the story uh, is to move on to the introduction. Yeah, just get on with it, I suppose, to talk about that video game podcast you're here to do. Yeah. <sighs> we did it. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to this very video game-related podcast. Peter, each week, this show is sponsored by a brand new sponsor, and it's totally real. It is, that's true. Um, and uh, we take it in turns to liaise with such sponsors each week. I believe this week you've been in touch with uh, some sort mm. of mega corporation or, or, or some such. Uh, who's, who's our sponsor this week? 
This week, our sponsor is... Oh, wow. Is your local bitey pest problem getting you down? You know, Always. like little, little bitey pests? Yeah. Well, then maybe you need to hire the pest control company run by a half-cat, half-raccoon being. Right. In- introducing Raccoon Kitty. They'll clean it good. Oh, I, I see. They get rid of any, any bitey... Yeah. bitey things in the on the streets or it's very in your clever. house it's so clever it is i didn't expect the bitey things to be actual undead zombies i thought uh, you we were don't talk- know that we, well, just we call don't them, we call them bitey pests yeah i thought they were like bed bugs or something but no sure operation um, raccoon kitty they'll clean it good is it like a genetically the perfect the perfect possible animal for getting rid of um mm-hmm. pests it's been genetically engineered or selectively bred Absolutely. Right out of the nightmares of Animal Crossing comes yeah. Raccoon Kitty. Wow. Well, perfect cleaning beast. Sounds sounds perfect. Uh, I'm really glad that that's real and a service mm. that I can call upon whenever I need to. Totally real. Completely real. It's a real sponsor. Yeah. <sighs> Except it's not. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Goodness me. Made you wait for that one, didn't I? You, you sure thought did. it was everyone thought it was real. You thought it was real. It was, God, you should have seen it. Just see the look on your face. No, of course that was a lie, you idiots. We got you. Uh, of course, the actual sponsors of this podcast, as is the case each and every week, are the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and you'll get access to the podcast post where you can ask questions every week for this podcast questions like like that one asked by david lever which says hi lads loving the content what are your favorite pieces of gaming tat that you own i think mine are a coaster sized metal coin from the assassin's creed 3 collector's edition and a binding of isaac pin badge keep up the good worm it says (laughs) david now given the proximity of m to k hmm I have a feeling that this wasn't intentional. You have a feeling that he didn't predict the future and the fact that we would have already had, have talked about a worm in today's podcast. I don't think... Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. Well, hmm, well what do we do now? What's it, I don't know how to process this information. I think we just move on and pretend that David isn't some sort of oracle and just, just ignore it and put it to the back of your mind. Okay, keep up the good worm. Oh, spooky. There it is. Um, I don't have a great deal of uh, gaming time. I've got a few bits and bobs here and there. Um, I certainly don't have the majestic shelving displays uh, present at Potter Towers. Oh, my God. There's all kinds of wonderful things. Uh, but I do have one or two uh, one or two items. I, I mainly just... It's for things that, that I'm, I'm really into, you know, so particularly Spyro. I've got a... Uh, I've got that... Um, incense burner they released for the Reignited Trilogy. I didn't buy it to be an incense burner. I bought it to be a little Spyro statuette. Um, but I've also got a... Uh, it's unofficial, but a little bit before they actually announced they were doing a Spyro sequel, um, the, there was no real Spyro merch available because it was you know a, almost a dead franchise at the time. So I bought an unofficial 3D printed... Um, crystal dragon uh, it's nice. not made of crystal it's made of just 3d printed stuff but it's it's in the shape of the the crystal dragon statuettes from um 
from Spyro One that you have to that you have to crack open, um, and it's in it's in green. It looks great. I think you can now buy a very fancy one from like first for figures or something that probably costs like Ooh. sixty quid. But uh, I'm happy with my little my little tiny one, little desk one. Yeah, um, and that's probably one of my favorite things, even though it's unofficial. But yeah, if it has to be an official thing for for David's question, probably my my Spyro statue, which is actually the background. It's in it's at the office at the moment, isn't it? It's in our background on the shelves. Uh, um, the 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 crystal one. No, no, the oh, the, uh, the, the big Spyro. sorry the incense the incense burner. Yes, yeah, this, yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely there. You yeah, may have, it, people may have caught a glimpse of your uh, of of your crystal dragon because it, it was on your desk for the longest time. It was, yeah. Um, certainly, at what culture it was, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I ever had it at Triple Jump, but yeah, it was. It was definitely on my desk at what culture. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's that's probably it. Some, oh, and also, by the way, they're bringing a. It's not quite the same as Tap, but they're bringing out the Spyro Reignited Trilogy art book in July. Don't know oh, why cool. they're bringing it out like two and a half years after the game, or however long it's been. Weird, but um been waiting a long time for that it's going to be a big hardback book with like 200 pages um and a bunch of concept art that's not been seen by the public before oh my uh, god so i've really been looking forward to that it's been on my amazon wish list for the longest time but uh so that that will be something that i i think will be be very proud to own your coffee think... table is going to be so <laughs> occupied it is it absolutely is but uh yeah at the moment probably my my spyro incense burner slash statue because that's what it is to me it's just a statue amazing i'll uh yeah. I'm, I'm gonna hard boil an egg and for christmas i'll, I'll yeah. hard boil it now just so i can get it out of the way and it'll be in mm-hmm. tip-top condition by christmas i'll paint it purple and put little speckles on it and then i'm gonna <gasps> give it to you and then you you will have a dragon egg too a totally oh. senseless dragon egg official mm-hmm. wow thank you that's very kind i'm that's slowly okay. getting all of the all of the bits and bobs. Yeah, absolutely. We've still got some leftover stuff from uh, 2018 where we cut it out of cardboard for that Spyro challenge. I'm yes. Sure give you one of those. That'll be fine. Have... Oh, fantastic. The Perfect. talisman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, how, how can you possibly choose your favorite piece of tat from everything you own? Oh, I do own a lot of tat, Peter. Yeah. I certainly do. I was looking at my shelves for, for inspiration and... Um, and I asked my friend, what constitutes tat? What, what is a tat? Hmm. And the definition I was given was anything you, you can't use. Okay. And that's most things that I own, as I I've got discovered. a prediction, by the way, about what I think yours might be. Okay. Shall I sort of say now? Yeah, or... yeah, get, give it to me. I think it'll either be one of your souls born very fancy lovely statues okay um or for some reason i don't know why maybe it's because it's one of my favorite things that you've got you've got nathan drake's ring haven't you it's like a necklace yeah ring thing i think that's pretty cool i have those those are top tier tats top tier tats however it's not those (gasps) i'm wrong i've gone with the wolfenstein 2 terror billy action figure oh yeah you remember that one I do. So this was the the limited special edition for Wolfenstein, the new... No, which one? They've got confusing subtitles. Uh, The New Colossus, I think, is the name of the second one. Yes, it was. It wasn't the twins one. No, it it wasn't the New Order, which is the first one. 
yeah. which is now the old one, the old order. I don't really know what's going on. Anyway, the new <laughs> Colossus, I think, was the was the sequel. I think it was that, yeah. And one of the special editions was a big action figure box with a with a real with a real BJ Blazkowicz inside it, a a doll. <laughs> And it's fully posable, and it has different outfits and different accessories and weapons. And the whole box is made up to look like an action figure from the universe of Wolfenstein. So, of course, he's painted as a terrorist in mm. the eyes of the Nazi menace. Yeah. And, uh, and so he's called Terror Billy. And he's one of a roster of antagonists in a children's cartoon in-universe. And so mm-hmm. this is the action figure of Terror Billy, and it shows on the back the different action figures and characters that you can get, which obviously don't exist. Um, but I just love the the commitment to the bit and the authenticity of it. And so I've just got this ridiculous BJ Blazkowicz, um action figure in its box with his with his various outfits and accessories. Yeah. Yeah, it's that they, they took it to that next level. They could have just released uh, a BJ... Uh, action figure for Wolfenstein fans but they released one for in-universe fans of a show in which he's depicted as a villain which mm-hmm. is just that little bit extra uh, bit of yeah yeah sort of yeah. in-universe stuff I like that it's fun it's yeah. fun and a really bloody hard game too by the way if I'm pronouncing certain things slightly weirdly today I've, I've got an ulcer on the side of my tongue which is oh, just no. super good for you know having teeth yeah you ever, you ever had teeth before I have. Oh, a real pain uh, they are sometimes. I've also I've had an ulcer on my lip, on, well, oh. like on the inside of my, just like in front of my bottom front teeth. Um, oh, again, man. just just in the perfect place for my teeth to rub against. That's really good. Uh, you know what it is? What stress, stress. and lack of sleep? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a combination of those. It'll it be, is. It'll be fine. We'll be all You're right. So stressed all the time. Um, no, it's okay. Yeah, we, uh, maybe we should go to the doctors. Yeah, God, now. yeah. Help. Excuse me, can I have some Bonjella, please? <laughs> can you sell Bonjella, right? <laughs> Walk into A&E and say, do you sell Bonjella? Don't, please don't do that. No, Please don't. don't do that. That is the definition of, you shouldn't even go to your GP for that. No, you shouldn't. Just go you should to go Tesco. to Boots. Or, or Boots. Tesco. Yeah. yeah, one of them. Just go get Bonjella from there. Oh, Bonjella's hard to say with an ulcer. That's <laughs> cruel, isn't it? That's the Bonjella for you. What? <laughs> ah! God. Anyway, so yeah, my my terribly action figure is probably my one of my favouritest pieces of tat that I own. Mm-hmm. An action yeah. figure that will never be played with. What's one of the rarest tats? Not even the most valuable, but just oh, what's God. Um, I've got a couple of signed things. I've got a oh, yeah. signed copy of MGS One, signed by David Hater. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mass Effect. Three slash two signed by Mark Mir, the voice of Commander Shepard, man, man Shepard. Yeah. Uh, the Last of Us signed by Troy Baker. Mm. Um, I got one of those twentieth uh, anniversary PlayStation Four controllers, the one that's made up to look like a PS One controller that's all grey and stuff. Yeah. I kept that yeah. in the box because I thought, huh, oh, you'll never get those again, and you can't. So there we go. Um, and oh Christ, what else? I don't know. Rarity. Everyone seems to have a different one of those PS1 demo discs. Like the. Everyone. Yeah. They, they were like three different first demo discs or whatever. Demo but ones, yeah. I've got yeah, one of kept, those demo ones. They kept redoing demo one to be. Because uh, it came bundled with the console, so they had to just have whatever the 
new exciting cutting edge games were you mm-hmm. know which was constantly changing so i'm um, not sure which one i've got i've got a um i've got a poster an official poster of the unholy war oh, that i bought nice. i don't think many of those exist because Probably no one not. even knows or cares about that game i kept meaning i've been meaning to get it framed at the moment it's just pressed between two bits of cardboard that it arrived in when i bought it mm-hmm. um but yeah so that's that's rare, not valuable. I wouldn't have thought, but pretty rare. Oh, you've also got your 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 Spyro. Oh, this is going to be hard to say. Spyro Strategy Guide. I do. Yeah, I've got the Prima Guide for Spyro One. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's that's up there. I'd forgot all about that. Yeah. Maybe I don't. Maybe because I don't consider that tack because it's yeah, technically probably. got a use in terms of though. rarity. Though that's that's got to be something. Yeah, it's all right. That um, and. Yeah, I mean, again, like, that was the other thing I, I actually wrote in my notes for my answer is that, I, as I say, I don't have that much tap, but instead I kind of collect old games. But that's a kind of a different kind of a different question, really. But yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's all good. I, I want to get some more old guides as well, actually. I think that they're, they're pretty fun just to flick through and see mm. a, a, an in-depth deep dive on a game. Yeah. No, definitely. I've got a, a a really really good condition poke. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Pokemon Yellow strategy guide mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. I I got from AmeriCorps, and uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. But yeah, they are nice. The old strategy guides they are fun to look at. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, moving on from yeah. tat and not tat, it's time for a section where we talk about the video games that we have been playing, and it's called. It's what we play in time, Peter. What are you playing? Oh, uh, I've I've not been playing that much this week. Um, outside of my my streamy games, mm-hmm. um, just been just been doing some long evenings and stuff, doing chipping away at edits and and voiceovers and things. Yeah. Uh, but I have, as always, played two games or three games, in fact, if Whoa. I include Minecraft. Uh, three games this week on stream. Um, so we play Minecraft every Thursday. We're playing it today at uh, time of recording. We're playing it this afternoon. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I... In fact, no. I tell a big old fat oh lie there. Oh, my God. You're fired. Because, um, as well as playing some more Spyro 1 on Monday, which is uh, ongoing. I've not finished the game yet, but probably uh, take one more stream. That's very fun. Um, on Wednesday, I played Halo 2 and finished the game... Uh, and it was only like halfway through the stream. So what I did was I pulled up a couple of PS1 ISOs that I had just downloaded onto my uh, computer from from like previous bits of content and stuff. So I played um, PS1's Running Wild. I don't know if Ooh, you're aware of that. No. It's like a jogging running game uh, where you just race with anthropomorphic animals. They've oh, got wow. like... There's like a zebra man and a panda lady and a, a a bull dude and an elephant and it's all sort of cartoony and wacky and you have to like mash the X button to sprint. Um, but like, despite it being really weird and obscure and probably not very successful, it's actually super fun to play and controls really well. And I would genuinely recommend it. I had a really good time playing it. Um, nice. But outside of that, I, you know, I, I played that for like twenty-five minutes, and then still had a few minutes left of the stream. So I quickly booted up um, Grid Runner or Grid Run, if you want to get European about this. Whoa! 
And uh, that's a kind of top-down, uh, it's sort of Bomberman perspective, top-down grid-based uh, game where you run around collecting flags and stuff and you have to like tag your your opponent if you want to be able to collect flags. It's like tag, but if you're it, you can't collect anything. So you have to go and tag your friend or your enemy. Nice. Um, but there's a cheat code for that game which just unlocks this really strange driving mini game that was like not part of the game at all. So there's this whole like other mini game hidden within it where you're driving a car around, which I don't know if it was maybe an unlockable thing if you complete the game, but I was I've never uh played it before and I only became aware of it about a year ago despite this being one of the first games I ever owned on PS1. <laughs> so like 20 odd years on, I realized, oh there's this weird unlockable driving bit that you can do. So you just like poot poot around in a little um, sort of VW Beetle, uh, That's which is so weird, super strange. Yeah, maybe it was a maybe it was the thing you unlock for completing the game. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, super odd. Um, so yeah, I have actually I've played a few things this week without even realizing, but they were oh, all on goodness. stream. So nice. Yeah, had a good time. What about you, Ben? What have you been playing? Well. Uh, I've I've played a little bit of uh, Resident Evil Revelations, which yes. was a port of a 3DS game to the PlayStation 3, which was then ported to PlayStation 4. And, oh boy, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. It's, it's sort of right in the middle of that, hey, Resident Evil isn't scary anymore, period. Where right. it's a fine game, it's fine, you know, that you you have to get the keys to open the doors and stuff like that and and shoot the enemies, but it's not scary. It's none of it scary. It's just lots of big blobby boys running around uh. and you shoot the blobby boys and there's always enough ammo and it's, <laughs> it's just fine, you know. It's really, yeah. really quite unremarkable. Uh, but I understand that Resi Revelations 2 is much better, so... Maybe I'll get round to that eventually. Probably not, though. Are you playing it for trophy reasons or just because you're? Because you've played a lot of the Resi games, so is it just a kind of desire to to get the full the full house now and have played them all? I think so. Yeah, I th- I think I've wanted to. You know, I want to ha- have at least experienced most of the ones that I'm comfortable playing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've finished one, two in remake form, three in remake four form i haven't played four. Oh, uh played and finished five and six six obviously being the best resident evil game um watched <laughs> a, a significant amount but don't really have the guts to play seven and Spooky i almost game. certainly won't play eight either <laughs> but yeah uh those earlier ones you know the dumb action ones they're fine i can do those um, eight looks pretty harrowing i must say from yeah. the little we've seen of it it looks like outlast or something it does i thought it i thought it was maybe silent hills before yeah. the, the much rumored silent hills uh, at that point uh, before they before i saw chris obviously it's like what is mm. this it doesn't look like resi does it i can't really tell i didn't think it was resi and i'd even heard but before they showed that trailer there were rumors of like the next resi game is going to be called resident evil village mm-hmm. and then this spooky village trailer comes on and i still didn't realize it was what uh, is this resi Can't partly be because resi. i was hoping that a game called resident evil village might be something to do with resi 4 either uh... just a remake with a new title or maybe even a sort of return to that area but yeah uh, it appears to be a different 
part of the world, I think. A whole new upsetting yeah. experience. Yes. What a treat. Uh, mm. The main thing I played this week, though, is the new Borderlands 3 DLC, Bounty of Blood, Ooh. which is another sizable update that comes with the season pass. It's sort of five-ish hours worth of content. It's Wild West themed. Right. So you go to a sort of Wild West town, but they're using, you know, crazy technology, a little bit of uh, Wild Wild West sort of wiki, stuff. Wiki Wiki Wah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So they've got technology, but it's weirdly steampunky kind of deal even though you're there with your crazy laser weapons and stuff um this is probably my least favorite out of the the two other dlcs uh, that have come out but that's mainly because this is the and i i fully appreciate that this was likely the majority of it was developed during everyone working from home right Uh, but it's the buggiest one I've played so far. The game just oh, no. seems to be way less stable than it ever was. I've I've had to, I've had to, it, it uh, crashed my it crashed the game twice, um, mm-hmm. wherein I could still navigate to the PS4 menu and stuff. I just had to quit the game because it completely locked up. It's soft locked, but it didn't lock up my console. Uh, and then other times there were there were dozens and dozens of situations where I was opening up my map and nothing was even displaying. I was interacting with uh, characters and they weren't talking, but they were standing there as if they should be. And then you know whenever their their dialogue had finished triggering, which it wasn't, then it would say quest complete, and it was like, oh, for God's sake, like how is how is this happening? I don't understand. I had. Um, yeah. A few times where uh, I there are various you know collectibles and things to tick off in in various maps. Like go and open this chest, and I went to the chest, and it either was not there, like physically invisible, and I couldn't interact right. with it, even though there was a map marker above it, and it was there the last time I'd been there, or it would just say locked, and you're not allowed to okay. open it, even though you're meant right. to. So I then had to quit out of the game, go back in, still said locked. So then I actually uh, actually fully exited the entire application back to the ps4 menu started it up fresh and then it let me open it there's just lots of lots and lots and lots of weird little bugs and i don't really understand the whole thing the whole game seems to be slower and and buggier than it was last time i played it i don't know what i don't know what's going on i've said it before about the hot fixes they keep doing but Mm. these fundamental issues have been around since launch and a lot of them are still there and I don't understand what yeah, the priorities the are. This is the game whose pause menu used to like kill the frame rate, yes, didn't it? It's, or, it's, yeah. it's gotten worse as well. It's still not as bad as it was, but it's gotten worse since I last played. Uh, mm. There's now a... There's, oh, I nearly swore. There's now a flipping loading bar when you first start up the game. So it'll start up. It'll sit on the the splash screen for maybe 10 seconds. Uh, Then it'll show 2K and Gearbox. And then Claptrap will will roll across the screen a few times. And he used to do that. And it did take a little while. But now they've added a loading bar to it. And it just seems to take that much longer. Because you're really aware of how long you're looking at it for. Then you get to the main menu. At which point you have to load into the game. It took me about five minutes to start playing yesterday. Mm -hmm. Through all the loading screens. And uh, I was just like... Man, I was I was kind of disappointed by this one. I think on the whole, it's nice to have more Borderlands to play, and I did enjoy myself. But the things that I didn't like were really basic 
issues that should not have been issues. And uh, I just think that's such a shame. And it may be better on different platforms, but certainly on PS4, it's uh, it's not very good at the moment. And that's such a shame. Yeah, and you'd kind of expect, like, you know, sometimes games get released with, uh, you know, slow startups, but it's something that they can patch out over time when they've had time to just optimize things better. Like, I remember the Insane Trilogy used to take ages to load. Well, the Insane Trilogy used to hide the loading with an unskippable intro. Oh. So it would show the logos and it would be already loading the game underneath. And then that bit where Crash jumps into that machine and gets up that was hiding the loading. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise, Spyro just had a, spl- a splash screen with a big loading bar on the front. But both of those games, after they were released, I think within a few weeks or possibly months, they uh, the, a patch was released that just hugely optimized the startup mm-hmm. and uh, it, that went away. So you'd think by now that just quality of life, things like that would have been tweaked. You know, In, in a sense, I can forgive more the, the idea of a... Some DLC being added that's been developed from home in a lot of you know for the most part, mm. yeah, being being a bit buggy, but just the the general quality of of uh, the game on the whole, you'd you'd hope that they they'd be chipping away at that and trying to make it better and just an overall smoother experience. But yeah, and I guess they've made some progress, but it's still still got some issues it's still got a ways to go especially as yeah. as it's a lot of its uh setup is is that it's meant to be this almost live service game they're adding live mm. events and various seasonal things and stuff and yet fundamentally there's still a fair amount wrong with it they're d- taking your example there bloodborne was another game that had horrible load times when it launched and yeah. it it just used to i think the loading screens were just the logo <laughs> before right. and all the other souls games had uh, item descriptions and stuff on the menus which made it a bit more mm. interesting and they patched it and it loads a lot faster and you can read about items while you're loading which is you know a huge difference but here it took uh, it took a long old time and uh yeah. there's there's still stuff like this is just sort of emblematic of the whole issue for me is that when you go into your backpack and the the selection you know, the, the first thing that's selected is is your first weapon in the top left-hand corner. And if you press right, which would make sense to press if you wanted to go over to the right to scroll mm-hmm. through the other stuff that's in your backpack that isn't equipped. When you press right, it goes into the, 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 the flipping quantum realm. It just disappears. The cursor disappears. It doesn't select anything anymore. You have to press left to release it from wherever it's gone to get back to your equipped weapons and then press down and then press right and then you will go into your backpack pressing right immediately makes you select something that doesn't exist and that is that has been the case since launch and is still happening and i don't know like it's just something you you make peace with but when the game was being all buggy and that was still happening i was getting really mad about it i was like why like why is this still a problem it's ridiculous it's such a minor thing but why is it still happening stop balancing my character and making them weaker and make the game work properly yeah Oh man, that's a shame. It is a shame. It's a good DLC. It raises the the level cap to sixty, and uh, you know, it gives you some new legendaries and new weapons and new characters mm-hmm. and story. And as I said, about five hours of gameplay, but fundamentally a very buggy experience for me on PS4. Oh man, okay. Which is a shame. Well, it's a shame. Well, maybe we should uh, move on to a question no! to help you forget about it. Oh. No, we're gonna keep complaining. No, let's move. On. <laughs> 
we've got a question here from Doug. Do you want to read it? Yeah, I'll read it. This is from this is from our good friend Doug, who says to follow on. Uh, onto your discussion about age ratings from last week, I played the mm. original GTA and Doom on the PC, and both were rated 18 and talked about as violent and gory games. But Doom 1993 and Doom 2016 are hardly comparable, despite having the same rating. So is it more about the depiction than the rating? Would you allow a 10-year-old nephew or niece to play Doom 1993, but not Doom 2016? This is a good... I, I say this all the time, but this is a good question, It's a very Doug. good question, Doug. Um, yeah, this is... So, I think there's this weird phenomenon where, um, depending on the, the, the level of technology at the time, whatever, like, cutting edge is, if you depict gore in cutting edge visuals, whether it's... Mortal Kombat or Doom 1993 versus Doom 2016, uh, seeing it in the most cutting-edge visuals possible is, like, horrific and abhorrent and, like, <laughs> oh, goodness me, children shouldn't be exposed to Liu Kang doing that. Oh, look how look how gory that is. Whoa, oh, blimey. Look at, the, look at all the pixels on that skull that's just come out of that man in Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I... It's, like... I was I was reading this question. I was like, oh, I don't know, like you know, an eighteen to an eighteen, and then at the last bit where it was like, would you let a ten-year-old nephew or niece play Doom '93? I was like, yeah, I would. Like, of course I would. Like that, it, it, you know, it's just not a harrowing depiction of gore or violence, really. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so strange because I can understand to an extent why parents in the 90s wouldn't want their kids to play that parents would look at that and go god look how realistic this is it's it's horrible i don't want my child looking at this but nowadays i'd be like you know i i might still be a bit a bit reserved with ha handing out doom 2016 to a child under 10 but i don't think i'd mind them playing uh doom 93 or mortal kombat mm -hmm. the original or yeah it's it's a strange it's a strange effect or a strange phenomenon. It is. I yeah. I would probably wait until children I had an influence over, be they nieces or nephews or sons or daughters or others and so on. Um, mm -hmm. I'd probably wait until they were teenagers, perhaps, before giving them those kinds of games. Because, yes, of course, the gore isn't comparable anymore. But speaking as a spookable child... yes. It wasn't so much about the gore. It wasn't so much the gore or the violence that was scary. It was these games. And I still think it holds up for Mortal Kombat to this day. It's just a bit of a creepy game. You know, the music and yeah. the whole setup and the, the, the sort of scary stop motion weird animation of people. It's all... Mm. It's all not right, and if you There's a lot of screaming in that game, exactly. I think it's still it's still an upsetting experience to someone who is not ready to play it yet. So I still wouldn't let uh, a child play it. I would, yeah. I would think carefully about letting a teenager play it that I had any control over. Um, but equally, as someone who was very spooked and who did not see these games. And or even really know that they existed because I lived in a, like a Spyro and Crash bubble, you know, Crash Team mm. Racing bubble or Tony Hawk's or whatever, or Pokemon. Seeing these games, being uh, exposed to these games through my cousin or friends and stuff for the first time was an inherently 
quite overwhelming experience. So is there something to be said for slowly weaning your mm. your children onto these kinds of games so that when they do see them or when they do come across them in life, it isn't like this, oh my God, what on earth is going on moment. And I know everyone's different because, you know, you played these kinds of games and you were fine, but I wasn't. Yeah. And there's a good chance that other kids wouldn't be as well. Uh, so there's, the, you know, it's it's a it's a really difficult one to to draw a proper line in the sand under. But I would say I would say teenager, and maybe expose them a little bit to various things that aren't quite as violent when they're younger. Or you could even on the on the road to Doom 2016, you could wean or you know expose children to 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 things like that in a gradual way by actually going via retro graphics mm-hmm. that aren't so aren't so explicit and then slowly work your way up towards something that's slightly more of a realistic depiction yeah um i do actually yeah i i hasten to add i think you make a good point about fear and creepiness and 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 disturbing uh content for sure i think i my answer was particularly just with regards to depictions of gore Mm. I I think very cartoony, 2D, pixely gore. I wouldn't feel too concerned about showing to a kid purely in terms of um, how how realistic it looks and therefore how how troubling it's likely to be. But you make a very good point about, um, you know, just just eeriness and things like that. Like you say that, you know, I played games like this when I was younger and I was fine. I've talked occasionally over the past few years of content that we've made about um, a game called Gauntlet Legends, which you might be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, it was out on like N64, one of the Sega consoles and PS1. And uh, you, uh, it had like a, a, a warp room, like, like a crash game, and you would go to different levels. And in the castle world, one of the levels there was the castle dungeon. So you would like warp off to the dungeon and there would be um, really terrible like pixel art like skeletons hung up on the wall and stuff and that wasn't creepy at all but the music was like really um dark and spooky and burned into the music track you can you can listen to this yourself if you just look up castle dungeon music gauntlet legends burned into the music with the sound effects of people screaming their heads off like being tortured in this dungeon they're like moaning and going like ah, ah, ah. and it's really really horrible and the music on top of that is like it's quite intense and uh that alone it was just the, the audio design there in that game mm-hmm. that terrified me i hated that level so much whereas if i played it with the music turned off i would have been absolutely fine you know despite the fact that that game did have you know a, a little bit of um kind of body bits and dismemberment and and things like that and as i say there were sort of corpses hung up on the wall and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah there there is a lot to be said you're absolutely right about um overall vibes and spookiness it's not just about well that's that's pixel blood so it's fine um yeah. i do i do think pixel blood in and of itself is you know i wouldn't mind showing that to a 10 year old but mm-hmm. It's yeah. the The wider context would stop me probably in most cases um, from actually giving a game like that to a kid of that age. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. as much fear of the unknown as it is anything else. In the same way as we've discussed before about how playing there's a certain game for everyone where you play it and you your mind gets expanded. You're like, oh wow, this is what 
this is games can do this this is incredible yeah. i didn't know that the same thing goes for spooky things too where you experience something that you're not used to and 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 it just makes you your whole brain and body shut down where, where yeah. you're thinking oh my god what is it oh no i don't like this at all games are meant to be nice and fun why is it doing this yeah uh so yeah you just gotta you know there's there's no right way to do it but uh i'd i'd i would wait wait until marriage quite frankly yes. and then they can play yeah. doom absolutely that's how we'll do it peter it's time to move on to a, another section that actually requires um a, it's time to pick up a prop time to pick up the prop the proper do you yeah. have your proper? I've got it right here. It's time, everybody, for Weird News. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news. This just... Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. No, what just in? What's just in? What's just in? This just in. Weird. Ah. Oh, God. Weird, weird, weird things are in. It's just in. Can confirm. Coming in right now. Yeah. Just what? weird. Oh, that is a lot yeah. of weird. I see it coming over the hill. What is it? It's a... It's a monster. It's a weird monster. That's what it is. Yeah. Peter, what weird news have you got this week? I've got some weird news that multiple people sent us on social media. Uh, unfortunately, this story broke, I think, pretty much on the day of or even at the time that we were recording the previous uh, episode of the podcast. Therefore, it's about a week old, mm -hmm. but uh, it's well worth covering. And definitely not the kind of thing we can stick into the thumbnail slash video title. Oh, boy. Because YouTube, because YouTube will not be pleased to hear that... We are now entering the Animal Crossing butt plug stage of 2020. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, this is written by Luke Plunkett on Kotaku, mm -hmm. our unofficial weird news correspondent. Yes. And I've just noticed next to his name, it says filed to, and then a colon, and there's different categories. It's filed to Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Nintendo, and sex. <gasps> what? Kotaku has a sex category. Oh I'm going to click God. that. Yeah, after the, let's find after out what's going podcast. on. 
Or do, do you want to know now? Yeah, what just else do, is let's happening? do it now. Okay. Um, a journey inside Second Life's most expensive brothel. That's a that's a good video. That's a people make games video uh, with Chris Bratt. Uh, well, Chris Bratt oh, okay. uh, is the one who runs the channel. I don't think he's in the video, but it's very good. That's from May. Uh, sex games are voice acting's wildest new frontier. I'm sure they are. That's written by Luke Winkle. That one. <gasps> that's a good name. How appropriate. Um, and the uplifting tale of Dildo Face, a sim who dared to dream. <laughs> that uh, sounds wonderful. It does. There's all kinds of other stuff too, but uh, yeah, that, I think we'll we'll finish with Dildo Face. Course, can't, well, yeah, can't how can you that. not finish on Dildo Face? Yeah, I know. And this story, frankly, is now going to pale in comparison next to a story about Dildo Face the Sim. <laughs> um, but thank you to Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Cotam or C- Cotam. And uh, also Tom PP8, who sent this to me slash us on Twitter. Wonderful. Okay, here we go. So, Luke Plunkett. Uh, I'll read the title again. We are now entering the Animal Crossing butt plug stage of 2020. A lot of people around the world, especially in the US, are still stuck at home, away from friends and loved ones. Out of this isolation, new ways of keeping in touch have emerged, including ellipsis butt plugs and vibrators that can sync with Animal Crossing and vibrate whenever the player swings a shovel. As Vice report, Kyle McCulis has designed a way for a sex toy to communicate with a Nintendo Switch and its haptic feedback capabilities. Pairing everything together so that when an Animal Crossing character triggers that rumble uh, by digging a hole or hitting something with a shovel, it's reflected in a vibrating butt plug. The effect, there's a GIF, of course, okay. attached. Well, yeah, why wouldn't there be? Yeah. The effect can be triggered in solo play, but there are multiplayer possibilities <gasps> as well. Wow. Which takes this to an entirely new level, I think you'll agree. Mm-hmm. Um, while, a visitor to your, while a visitor to your island won't trigger haptic feedback by hitting you, uh, uh, falling into a hole, like, say, after stepping on a pitfall seed, will trigger haptic feedback. So long as you're flailing around in that hole, the sex toy will keep vibrating, which Maculis describes as basically whipping the orgasm button until someone's done. Oh my god. Thank you for that, Mr. Maculis. Uh, you can try this out for yourself, said Neil Buchanan. <laughs> try it yourself uh, at the project's GitHub page, which is equipped with the very handy welcome text. Maybe you just saw someone tweeting a sex toy working with Animal Crossing. Uh, and we're wondering what the F was going on. So that's that's the welcome text to his GitHub page. Brilliant. Uh, and that's the end of the article there. So wow. you you can long distance via Animal Crossing um have have some have have some time do, with, with a with a consensual loved one. Do some butt rumbles. Yeah. Brumbles. <laughs> that's what it's called. Playing in the Brumbles. Animal Crossing. Yes. Just what Nintendo uh, envisioned, I imagine. Yeah, well, that's why it's called New Horizons. I think well, they're trying to, yeah, you know, break new ground. You put it, you just slide it into your Tom, your Tom's nook. Oh my goodness gracious me! Yes, that's right. That's it. That's it. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of other characters, but I can't think of any. There's some sort of horrible turnip analogy there. But oh, I don't... yeah. See, no, that's good. Run with that. What have you got? Oh, I don't know. Do uh, I, I'm I'm offering one turnip for uh, two b- hundred pounds an hour. For two bells. <laughs> Yeah, for two. Yeah, of course. 
There we go. I, I don't yeah. want. I don't want to go anywhere further down that hole. Really, no. I don't have to. No, well, certainly not down any hole. When as far as yeah, the next as as weird news concerned. that I've brought, Peter, is yeah. uh, this. This one comes courtesy of Callum James Straw at CJ Straw ninety three on Twitter. Thank you, Callum. I just did Thank some you, rapid scrolling. You know, because I've got billions of notifications, and uh, it was from a couple of days ago, and I just found it. Anyway, uh, this is from PC Gamer. Oh, okay. And uh, it's from James Davenport from PC Gamer, and the title is Dark Souls 3 with Assault Rifles is my new favorite easy mode. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah. I'm not one of those Dark Souls people that goes on and on about the creator's vision and the intended experience to justify the steep challenge of From Software's games. Play them that way if you enjoy playing them that way. Totally cool and good and fun, it says. But if your style is something a little faster and looser, just a mod just mod a whole bunch of guns into Dark Souls 3 and play it like Call of Duty tragic yet dignified dragon warfare. It's the ideal easy mode for FPS players looking to try out one of these wacky RPGs the kids won't quit talking about these days. Modern Firearm is a Dark Souls 3 mod that replaces all the default ranged weapons with, well, automatic weapons. Modder Assassasasbk is what it says. Assassasasbk knows it's completely broken and unbalanced, but that's the big idea anyway. Subverting the infamous difficulty of a subdued, morose action RPG with the brashest of video game weapons is modder poetry. Every weapon, except the sniper rifle, has alternate firing modes too. Handling the weapon Ooh. with two hands results in automatic fire, which causes less damage per shot and reduces accuracy, but at a lower stamina cost. Handling firearms with one hand enables the semi-automatic firing mode, which gives projectiles higher damage and accuracy, but at a higher stamina cost and slower firing rate. Besides some pretty decent gun models, the mod adds in some new sound and graphical effects to really sell the goofy illusion. Uh, a more apt comparison than Call of Duty might be Resident Evil, because most of the models are based on guns from that series. Um, so, here's what here's the guns you can get. Yeah. Uh, instead of a, a, a light crossbow is replaced with the Vector SBR, a heavy crossbow becomes the AK-47, I know that one. You know that one. Uh, a knight crossbow becomes the M16. Okay. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, vaguely. Okay. Repeating crossbow becomes the Thompson SMG. You know that one? I'm aware of Thompson, but not a Thompson SMG. Okay, you might know this one. Sniper crossbow becomes the sniper rifle. No, I know that one. You know one. that one? Okay. What about the Avalyn becoming an MP5? Uh, you know the MP5? I've heard of that one. Okay. Well, how about, you won't know this one, the Arbalest becoming a shotgun. Oh, I've never heard of that. that no. Okay, anyway. No. Uh, the mod is available now, and uh, it says here that you're going to want to install everything via the Dark Souls 3 mod engine. So there you go. If you want to storm your way through Dark Souls 3 on PC and don't care about the authentic experience, you can now get guns. Maybe I can now finally play that game without just feeling sad. Maybe I mean, you'll still feel sad, but you'll be able to shoot <laughs> the sad away. Yeah, true. Yeah, wouldn't that be yeah. nice? Well, what a what an interesting, unexpected, weird story there. Yeah, quite. Quite. Thanks for that. Oh, you're very welcome. Let's move on to another question, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's. Uh, we've got a question here from Carrie Buchter. 
which I've never been. I've never known if I've been saying that right, but I'm going to keep saying. I don't saying think we've Carrie been Booker. corrected yet, so no, that's how we've always yeah. said it. Let us know, Carrie. And Carrie opens with "Hey, lovely boys." So you know we must be doing something right. Not "Hey," mispronouncing fools. Exactly, that's what she would have said yeah. if we've been saying that's it what wrong. She would have said. Uh, I've noticed that while streaming, Peter often speaks technically about his game, whereas Ben voices his character aloud, or, usually in Minecraft, rambles nonsensically. How rude! Uh, no insult meant. I enjoy that the most, Liar. she says. Liar. I'm wondering if this is how you play, even when you don't have an audience, or what your typical playstyle is. My husband often creates backstories in his head, or narrates out loud to me, and my playstyle is to swear loudly at enemies when I get hit. <laughs> Thank you for all your hard work. Love you both. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Also, I've made a note here on my uh, document that Richard Group asked a similar question about sort of oh, the difference you. between our our stream playing and our home playing. Oh, thank you, thank you, Dick Group. Thank there. You. <laughs> God, well, we lost a patron. That was fun. Well, we last. Thank you, Richard. Yeah. Uh, Peter. Yeah. When you're sat there alone in your living room playing Spyro. <laughs> Do you talk yeah. to the lamp about how it was made? Do I say out loud, oh, did you know that the uh, the, the soundtrack of this is done by the drummer <laughs> from the police? Rock yes, I did, Peter. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not being facetious. It's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I think that certainly when I'm alone, I definitely take a more uh, narrative approach, I guess, like Carrie's partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of... Um, don't quite voice the character in my head necessarily, but I I do like to build a backstory, particularly with uh, you know an RPG that allows you to build your own backstory. You know, I wouldn't necessarily build my own backstory in my head for a linear third person, you know, PS one one of the PS one exclusive games. Like, come up with my own backstory to Uncharted or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, one thing I've I've mentioned before is that when playing, for example, something like Skyrim. Um, I don't like to. Uh, it's. I think it's more of a D and D term, but it, it's applicable. It, it, applicable in in video gaming. I don't like to mix player knowledge with character knowledge. So in D and D, that means like the player might be aware that like oh the 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 DM let slip to me last week that there's going to be a dragon if I open that chest. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to open that chest. You have to like keep playing the way that your character would do. And I do that with video games where. Um, for example, I might know that oh, the code for that door is uh, is one two three four five um, because I remember it from the last time I played this game. But I won't open that door until I reach the the guy's office where he's written one two three four five on his desk. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, or even when I was playing Spyro a couple of weeks ago on my stream, um, halfway through Spyro, you release a dragon who says, "Spyro, there's a secret level in the artisan home world. Jump on the stepping stones." Uh, and you can do that right from the start of the game. Like, literally, from the moment the game starts, you can run to the left and open the secret level. But I never, ever do it until that dragon tells me about it. Um, so that's one thing I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I'm streaming a game, it's normally a game that I'm uh, very fond of. Uh, I maybe know a little bit about the development process and kind of um, some of the secrets or glitches, or I've watched speedruns of it. Um, and to me, like when I'm playing a game that I enjoy on stream, part of the reason I do that is not just to entertain people with the game's narrative or the narrative that I'm building. It's to actually show off the game 
in in all its forms really i kind of i like to delve into the development and uh you know say oh look there's and there's this cool glitch here where you can do this and you know so yeah it's it's kind of like a a, a showcase of the game and you know it's like a I'm like a tour guide, I think I've said before in one of my streams. I feel like I'm going, and here's where uh, this person got involved and did this thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I'm I'm sort of trying to show the game off in 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 every aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Do you are you always uh, building narratives, or is that more of a you're trying to you're trying to put on an, an interesting show for the for the audience uh yeah it, that that's exactly it in, ex- in the same way that you don't um chat to your lamp about when the drummer from the police did the soundtrack um yeah i don't sit there and go whoa oh my hey stop that oh st- oh oh my no of course not and no i don't do that uh that's yeah. you know it's been an interesting journey for us with streaming because neither of us really did it before all mm. that much and uh so it's 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 it is interesting to see how we've developed different styles of streaming yeah. seemingly uh because we're we're extremely used to playing games for worst games ever and things like that but yeah. you don't have that live interaction with people and you can always cut out silence in an edit that's pre-recorded mm-hmm. but with streams you kind of have to be on it you know it doesn't mean you have to be a big loud obnoxious uh, idiot person you know yeah uh, but it it does mean that uh, it depends like sometimes you'll tune in to to some streamers and they do just sit there in silence and they're just focusing on what they're doing yeah. because that's how it is and their audience gets that but i i don't feel comfortable sitting in silence when people no. are watching it feels strange and so i sometimes catch myself if i'm concentrating and i'm like oh quick say something yeah but yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so i I tend to play a lot of games that uh, that let me make a character anyway so that I can have that pretend interaction and give them a voice, you know, or give them mm-hmm. an, an invented personality so that yeah. I, I feel more engaged and able to bounce off a pretend person, you know, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but when I'm when I'm playing games at home. I just I just focus on the games, you know. I'm not I'm not talking out loud, and the, the times I do play with someone sat next to me, I feel very aware that they're sat next to me. And so when I mess something up or I die or I don't make a jump properly or whatever, I feel the need to comment on it for for their sake yeah. because they're there. Because I don't know why it's, it's just sort of inbuilt that someone's watching, so I need to acknowledge that I messed something up or oh that looked cool, but you know it's very yeah. different when you're by yourself. Yeah, it's a bit like watching. Um, it's like watching comedy. If someone's sitting with you and you're watching a funny movie, you might find something equally as funny as you did as you would do sitting on your own. But on your own, you might just go, huh, or not even that. You just you sort of laugh in your head. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a whole psychological thing that's like proven that you laugh way more when you're with someone. You do. And I think actually it's it's um, to do with. Or like one theory of it is that you're trying to show the other person that, haha, I get that joke. I'm smart enough to understand why right. that's funny. Interesting. Um, you try, I, that's like one one theory to it. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's strange, isn't it? How different certain uh, responses to uh, entertainment and media can be, depending on whether you're on your own or mm-hmm. not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, there you go. Hope that answers your question. Mm. 
Peter, I've just bit my ulcer, and it's time to move on to Ooh. a. Have uh, we got your thing there? We got your thing? A big discussion. It's yeah, time I got to it. move on to the big discussion. <laughs> it's big discussion time. Big discussion time. Da da da. Da, da, big discussion time. Da 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 da. da big discuss. Are you are you ready? Just, I really am. I'm mostly are ready, ready to discuss. For, big discuss for you to read the name of the person who submitted this question. Da, 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 da. Yeah, of course. This is from Mister Uncle Butters. Yes, uh, that's their full given Christian name. Mister Uncle Butters. Mister Uncle Butters. Yeah. Um, if they're an uncle, would they be called Uncle Uncle? Yeah, probably. Well, I think Uncle's the middle name. I think their first name is Mister. Oh. I think that. So it could be Uncle Uncle, but also Mister Mister. Yeah, I think if you're if you address them formally, you have to call them Mister Mister Uncle Butters. Oh my God! What if they're What if they have a different title? What if they're a Reverend, and also a member of the House of Lords? Yeah. And also at Uncle at the same time. Oh, they they would be the right Reverend Lord Mister Uncle. No, they'd be Uncle. The right, reverend the right reverend lord mr mr uncle butters uh, perfect the man who's um, going to be marrying me as in conducting the ceremony uh, right. is professor reverend oh, or reverend professor, professor i think reverend. yeah he's that's good he, he does like he lectures in in universities and is also a, a vicar wow yeah. about Doing good marriages, probably. I'm yeah, assuming. how to yeah. how to wait until the the wedding night before you do anything. Yeah, don't come on. Don't invite demons into your bedroom no. or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. I should go to one of his classes. Mm, yeah, need to know more. Anyway, sorry, Mister Uncle Butters, <laughs> yeah. for fixating on that. Uh, howdy doody, my dudes. A large part of my gaming life is consumed by FIFA, insert year here, and other annual sporting video game releases like WWE or NBA 2K. You boys seemed less inclined to purchase slash play these annual releases, but I would be interested to hear your thoughts on the business model and business model, sorry, that was that was my tongue getting in the way, and if an overhaul of said model would be realistic or even viable. I personally think the quality of games and experiences for players would be improved if the likes of EA and 2K released annual annual roster updates or less expensive patches slash DLC at set intervals. Restricting actual game releases to every three to four years would then theoretically give developers time to adapt to new tech and significantly evolve the gameplay between each release. Yeah. However, I doubt that publishers could justify parting with their $60 per unit per annum. Keep up the awesome work and can't wait to see what you do next. Warmest regards. Hmm. It's an interesting question, um, Uncle Right Reverend Lord Mister Uncle Butters. It is uh, Mister Mister Uncle Butters. Sorry. I mean, it's it's kind of in well, not in two parts, but like if I if I particularly uh, answer the the part where you ask if uh, is is an overhaul of said model realistic or even viable, I would say it's definitely realistic and viable in that. You know, they would only be switching to the same model that a lot of development studios do use, which is to work on a game for three or four years. So in that sense, uh, I think there's there's money to be made. You just need to balance the books and think about the budget versus like what you think the game is, is going to make in terms of revenue and uh, go, OK, here's what we spend. Here's what we'll hopefully make in profits. It's viable or not viable. Here's, you know, you just do the maths. But 
whether I think it's realistic in the sense that will it ever happen, I don't think... I, I, I think now we're just in this space where there will always be a new FIFA uh, every year, a new NBA every year, probably a new wrestling game every year as well. I think that's slightly, slightly uh, um, more open to, to change. But... Um, but but I, I agree that, like, your alternative is much, much better. I think that the longer that is spent on a game, uh, time-wise, generally, the better it's going to be. You know, they can adapt to new technology rather than essentially copy and paste large parts of the previous game's uh, code or design or whatever. Um, and, and I think the reason they justify bringing out a new game every year, take the case of FIFA, for example, is to say, oh, well, you know, there's there's new talent coming along every year, there are transfers made, so suddenly our team uh, default, like, squads are out of date and stuff. But, um, you know, the idea of releasing um, just sort of patches um, or, you know, uh, DLC or whatever based on squad changes and so on, that's a really good idea. I think, like, that would be preferable, in my view, um, to yeah, keep the games up to date, make sure that uh, it's it's the most realistic simulation of the current Premier League or whatever, um, but without having to constantly put out a new game every 12 months. You know, you look at the Assassin's Creed series, which isn't even a sports game, uh, but they were putting one out every single year. The moment that they took a little bit longer... Um, and uh, brought out Origins after two years of development, or you know maybe it was sort of eighteen months. Um, that game, I believe, had something like a ten percent jump in its average uh, review score. I think it went up like nearly ten percent. It went up from like seventies to eighties. Um, mm -hmm. Now, obviously, that's only one data point. We've only got that one game in the Assassin's Creed series where they spent two years rather than one. Apart from way, way earlier on, of course. Um, so you can't just go off that as an example of, oh, well, if you take long run games, it's a better game. But uh, yeah, I think it kind of, in a sense, it goes without saying. You don't need the, the stats to necessarily back up the notion that spend longer on a project and it will be better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the most recent wrestling game was infamously uh, just a buggy mess from from the moment it came out. And I, I suppose it's probably still a little bit unstable i don't really know i've not heard anyone talk about it for a while but uh yeah it would just be nice if they spent longer on these things and didn't try and excuse the annual development of a new one by saying oh well you know things have changed in the uh in the roster so we've got to bring out a new one mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely uh, in terms of what i make of the of the business model i'd i mean i'm not a huge fan people look forward to it every year yeah like clearly you do Mr. Uncle Butters, you know, people buy them every year and there would be an element of, I think there would, there would be an element of, of, of sadness from, from a large section of people if this game didn't come out every year anymore because it's some, it's a staple, you know, people True. look forward to their, their FIFA every year. However, looking through that sentimentality at the business side of things, it's because companies are making money hand over fist yes. from these sports titles. They're annualized. They make millions, if not billions, every year from these games. And the sales never dip. 
They're always ridiculous. They're always in the top sales charts. They're always there for the entire year until the new one comes out. They make so much money from this business model. The only reason that they would move to a more acceptable model, like the one you've suggested about the sort of FIFA, but with an annual subscription, Mm. which is great. You know, you can still charge $60 or whatever, you know, the price of a game, but you just get an updated roster and you get constant updates anyway. Uh, The only reason they would move to a model like that is if they stand to make more money that way. Or if something forces their hand, they want to try something different. Because it may well be that they need to take a step back or need to take that year off, like you said, Peter, and just reevaluate their whole model. Because as it stands, they make a lot of money. But maybe if they invested in a different model, this subscription model, they may see higher a higher retention of players and a higher retention of people buying and staying subscribed to FIFA or whatever, mm. you know? Uh, if you look at how Xbox is is pursuing the next gen, especially with Game Pass... That's that's a similar deal where on the on the surface it's like why wouldn't you want to sell these games? Why wouldn't you want to just sell these individual games to people? And clearly there is a viable business model there where offering loads of games to people under the cost of one subscription it's it works yeah. and it's making them a lot of money, which is why they're still doing it and they're pushing it really hard and people love it. So there is a there is scope for them to readjust and potentially make as much if not more money. But that would need to be very clear before they did it. Uh, so I don't think it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and if it does, it's not going to be for a long time. No, and it's not going to be for any reason other than, as you say, they've determined that would be a better business model. We would make more money off it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, As I say, the, I think the public-facing reason for bringing out a new game every year is, oh, well, there are changes and we want to keep it up to date. That's not, that's not the reason. That re- literally is not. They don't really mm-hmm. care that much about people's uh, people having the very, very best quality experience. So no one's sitting in the boardroom at EA or 2K or whatever thinking, oh, well, uh, we really must update this roster, otherwise people will be sad. <laughs> They're thinking, yeah. no, what we can do is bring out the next one and make some more money. But uh, yeah. Absolutely. They'll sell you a copy of FIFA every year. It'll be brand new Ultimate Team, so they can make a load of money through DLC and stuff like that, mm. uh, microtransactions and what have you. And uh, and they'll just keep doing that forever. They will keep doing that forever unless something changes and you know discs get outlawed, at which point they'll just sell it digitally yeah. for even more money. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the ideal model for a game like you know sports games really i can see i would personally not lump wwe games in with those because they are inherently different and more varied Mm. in my opinion than than fifa is i know there's a lot of customization but ultimately you're tweaking a game of football and that's it yeah um and I, i say that's it not trying to be dismissive or anything i know there's a lot to fifa and i've played a lot of fifa um but the point still stands you could definitely release fifa the game and then not have another one for five years. Yeah, the branding the meantime, remains unchanged, whereas in wrestling it's constantly, you know, there's all kinds exactly. of things being mixed up all the time and new, just just even from a visual standpoint, the visual branding of wrestling changes constantly. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you, when you patch a new 
a new player into a team, there's a good chance they already exist in the game somewhere anyway. Mm. So it's just a case of changing the shirt and updating the stats. Or it's a case of scanning a new person and patching them in. Whereas with WWE, you know, they've got their they've got different music and they've got different uh, attires and stuff. So I think it would be harder to keep that game updated yeah. uh, than it would with uh, FIFA. But, you know, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. You know, even then, there's a lot of teams in FIFA. And if they're all getting new kits each year, that's a lot of work. Mm. But if that if, if you're if you're subscribed to a uh, sort of a pass that costs you know, $60 or £60 or however much games are going to be on PS5 and Xbox Series X and so on going forward, uh, then does that not equate to the the cost that they would have got from you anyway? Mm, yeah. what's, what's the purpose of putting in, putting in the effort and spending the money on a whole new FIFA game if you could... In, in quotations just yeah. uh you know update the update the various player squads and uh and and tweak stats and stuff and maybe patch in a new game mode or take out another game mode you know something like that surely that would end up costing the the developer and the publisher less than it would be to manufacture all these new discs yeah, true. you know for brand new games and pay graphic designers to mock up new art and new ad campaigns and all that kind of stuff you know if fifa just became this ever present which it is already but this ever present thing that you just stayed subscribed to there's scope for that 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 could happen i don't know that it will though but it could and they could even they could do like if they wanted to i don't know how how sort of serious or or, or not serious the audience is in in fifa but you know there would even be scope for like some really silly DLC or like um, cosmetic items or something, you know, some really strange kits or, you know, you could have mm-hmm. people dressed up, all of your players are just, their model is swapped by their mascot or whatever, you know. Oh, God. There's all kinds of stuff. Like, what I mean is that over a, a year or two, if you're waiting before the next FIFA comes out and it's just this subscribed service, other than like updating the roster and updating the league tables and so on, it's like, well, what else would they add or take away? You know, maybe a patch here and a patch there, but how how would they really sell new content? Well, they could if they really wanted to go pretty wild with it and add some, you know, wacky events or, um, you know, add like um, retro, retro, you know, uh, legacy players from, mm-hmm. you know, decades ago. Yeah. Well, retro kits too. Retro kits, yeah. There's, there, there would be scope for more than just um, updating the the roster to make it the most accurate in you know compared to the to the real league tables and the real squads out there. You know, they they yeah. could add all sorts of different downloadable stuff. Not that we're normally in favor of things like that, but I'm just saying I think I would prefer that business model to them releasing what is almost the same game every year. It's it gradually changes over time, but one year yeah. after the next is very similar to the previous one. Um, Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I I completely agree. And if it becomes more of a live service style game, which, you know, again, we're not huge fans of, but equally we're not the ones who are buying the same game every year no. uh, in FIFA, then you could, you, you know, you could draw from other sporty games or esports games like Rocket League, yeah. where, oh, n- this month we're going to add in the ice hockey version of of Rocket League, exactly just, that, yeah. Just for just for this period, you know, along with as you say, the, the the legacy players and retro kits, that sort of stuff. You know, it's all it's all stuff that you could bring in and take away. That's the, 
I don't want to say it, the beauty because it makes it sound like a good thing. And as we've said before, I'm not, I'm not sure that we're the biggest fans of this this whole model anyway. But it, that's the beauty of live service games is that you can add features and take them away again. Mm. And if people are subscribed and they're not buying the new game every year and you have to justify them buying a new game every year by adding in, you know, Volta mode, yeah. for example, then why not switch to this? It takes out a huge amount of hassle for you because you can just patch in and patch out features and gameplay things as and when they're ready and relevant and uh you know and and keep people on the hook as well yeah you know just keep them subscribed it's uh it could work but again it would need they would need to probably take maybe even take a year off or for there to be some transitionary period between the two models Mm. and it would need to be guaranteed that they would make that money back because a lot of people won't understand a lot of people just want to go into Tesco in September or whenever and buy the new FIFA. They, do. they don't they don't know if it's suddenly not there they're not going to understand, you know, <laughs> and 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 as we've said before we live in this tiny little bubble of people who are informed. Mm. And even we don't we can't pretend to know everything, you know? And there's a lot of people uh, who who do just have a console for FIFA and that's it and that's it, you know, they don't they don't they don't Keep up to date on the industry. Yeah. They're not going to know. Where's FIFA gone? I don't understand. I've got to subscribe now. They see that as somehow worse than physically walking into Tesco and buying a copy of the game. And and they may not do it. They may not be willing to do it. Mm. So it might be a hard sell to the majority of the player base anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's us. We've put the world, we've, we've fixed FIFA and, that's it. and other sports games. We just need now for the, the publishers to adopt such a, a perfect practice. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll have a word with them later. Yeah, we will. We'll get in touch. Give them a call. Let us know what you thought of everything we discussed this week in the comments and via these means as lo- as, as well as some other stuff, right? There's some other stuff in here. Aforementioned comments sections uh, are available on youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump where we upload our videos and we do our streams. Um, when we stream on either of those two channels, Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps are modding and doing a great job. Um, Twitter and Facebook we've got. Those are our uh, social medias, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon mm. looks after Facebook and does it well. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Uh, as Ben says, there's there's all kinds of rewards available. You can ask questions on the podcast. You can uh, see worst games ever early and so on and so forth. Have a look. We've got a discord, bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. That is modded by Jack and Joe, who also do a great job. If you are watching this podcast on YouTube, you can listen to this podcast by going to play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. We've got a website, triplej.mup, that's ju.mp, where we we have um, a careers tab, which is occasionally populated with job postings, and we've got some other information. We've got a store, we've got a shop on there. Um, And uh, the live stream VODs all go on YouTube now. Uh, and you can get to that by going to triplej.mup forward slash vods. Hmm, you certainly can. If you'd like to follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter, you can do at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams, and I'll talk more about this in a second, every Monday, Thursday for the joint stream, Blaze It, and Friday. Worst Games is fortnightly, Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. It is a Worst Games Ever week. 
uh, the podcast is every Saturday, and we do shows, other shows as well, one every other week, and some other stuff too that hopefully we'll be, talk, to be able to talk about in the near future. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll bloody see though, won't we? Yeah. Make sure you leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore rhythms. As I said, it's a Worst Games Ever week. That'll be available on Friday for patrons and Sunday for everyone else, so get excited. We have a new streaming schedule. As we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we've recently brought on two new full-time members of staff. And as such, we've, we've, we're busier than ever. Yeah. Ulcers and all. <laughs> and so... Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what side of the fence you're sat on, uh, we need to sort of scale back our streaming, which obviously we increased when lockdown began. Yeah. And we started working from home. Uh, We're going to revert back to the normal uh, three stream a week model where Peter does a solo stream, I do a solo stream, and we still do the joint stream, Blaze It, on YouTube. Uh, As it stands, Peter's keeping his Monday stream, I'm keeping my Friday stream, but that may shuffle around again as we look to return to the office and stuff because I may not want to be there late on a Friday as much as I'm okay being at home late on a Friday. Uh, So that might change. But as it stands, we will be returning to three streams per week. Next week, this week coming up after the podcast, we will still have the full complement of streams, but that's just the solo streams because we've got holiday to take this week. Yeah. So there are various days where Peter and I are off, which means that unfortunately we will not be doing a joint stream on YouTube. You will still, however, be getting four solo streams and just keep an eye on social media. We'll tell you when those are going to be. Yeah. Uh, but I believe it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So no Friday stream, no joint stream, but there will still be two solo streams each. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your understanding. The week after, three streams. Yeah. And that'll be that. That's but it. we'll remind you next week. Remind you next week. Peter, mm-hmm. talk to me about Uplink. Uplink uh, is an event. I believe it's the... Now, let me get this right. I think it might be the, the biggest retro event in new york state or something oh. like that <laughs> they've wow they've, they make some sort of claim that might not be true i'm opening uplink right now <laughs> um but uh, in any case it's a, a gaming expo that we are going to be involved in um they uh, they have a focus on on retro gaming so uh where better for us to do a live episode of worst games ever um Uplink is going to be the 8th and 9th of August this year. And uh, yeah, we'll be there doing live worst games. I think we've decided what um, what game we're going to do, but we I guess we won't say just yet. Uh, yes. But in any case, it's an all-digital event. You don't have to go along or risk, you know, traveling when we should probably be minimizing that still. Um, mm-hmm. It's all going to be at uplink.liretro.com. Liretro. Li- li- Liretro, Liatro. Liatro. Uh, <laughs> it's probably not that. No, I don't know. But uh, uplink.liretro.com. Um, mm-hmm. I can, I can. Yes, new. Well, NY's largest and premier gaming exhibitor. Oh, I don't know if that's New York City or New York State, but they're a big retro gaming expo and we're excited. We are excited. Thank you very much for. for... <laughs> For asking us to be involved, yeah. we'd love, we'd so, we're so thrilled. So yeah, go to that website. You can um, find out a bit more about how it's all going to work because it will be all digital, as Peter said. No, no physical attendance necessary. And uh, I think there's ticket information, that sort of stuff. And we'll be streaming 
an episode of Worst Games. Yep. It's gonna if be good. we can uh, if we can work out how to do it from home, I'm sure we will. It'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, we'll work it, it out. Good. And that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Just one last thing to mention before we go, and that's this week's sponsor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, are you being bitten by pests? Right now, yeah, I can feel them. Oh, my goodness. Well, then you need to call the pest control company run by a half-cat, half-raccoon being... Yeah? Raccoon Kitty. They'll clean it good. <laughs> good. They'll clean it good. They'll clean it good. Uh, available now at raccoon. Uh, ki. forward slash ty. Forward slash liretro. Liretro, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again very soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.